Welcome to the third episode of the Kit Men Show. Um, thank you guys for all the support. We're trying to break 500 total streams, so if you guys could help us get across that line, we'd really appreciate it. Huge shout out to Yoel, Aloni, and Teddy for uh, shouting us out on their stories. If you guys could do more of that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Diving right into the episode, our first game on the weekend was Leeds versus Villa. 3-0, Leeds kept a clean sheet, Patrick Bamford hat trick. What are your thoughts? Very so excited. Yeah, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Like even before he started, he scored his first goal. I think uh, he was just, he looked he was hungry. You know, he was ready. You know, he wasn't clinical enough in the first half, but the second half, obviously, he really you know scored a hat. Yeah, um, I know there were concerns about him in the championship because he missed like I think it was twenty five plus big chances. And, I mean, Leeds were still comfortably promoted. I think they had, like, 91 points in the championship. But there were concerns, and he's answered all of his haters, all, all the people who were doubting him. Uh, he had the goal against um, Liverpool. He had this hat-trick, obviously. So he's in pretty good form right now. Dude, I just don't get how you can be For sure. so bad in the championship. Or not bad in the championship, but, like, how are you better in the championship or in the Prem than you are in the championship. That makes no sense. Yeah, it... it yeah, you want the pressure. It really doesn't. But do you guys think Aston Villa are going to start losing a couple more games just because they've kind of hit that first roadblock? I can see that happening, definitely. They start to suck I, now. They're not suck. I, I don't, I, at least not next week. They play Southampton. I think they're just going to... I think they're going to... Window. I think they'll be on a steady pace. A uh, couple wins, then a loss, couple wins, then a loss, but nothing too major. I don't know, because Southampton are, are like, defensively, they're they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just feel like, I feel like Aston Villa, they'll have the mental capacity to be able to just keep it up, you know? Like, a one win won't really hurt them that much. One loss won't really hurt them that much. Alright, that's fair, that's fair. Our second game... I think Leeds is... Oh, no, keep going, keep going. I think uh, Leeds is more of a uh, team, you know, and they, like, they attack a unit and they defend as a unit, and I don't think Southampton really has that kind of structure and that really, like, you know... I yeah. I don't think they move as well. Yeah, but... but, but I, think, I think, though... I yeah, think... Aston Villa is, you know, having a strong time with their attack, and, um... As long as their defense holds up, I think they'll, you know, do well against Southampton. Isn't it Villa playing Southampton? Yeah, I, I got that confused. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Our next, our next game was 6.30 kickoff, West Ham City. Um, I'm here, I'm ready to rip Sterling to shreds. Uh, I don't think, so that game ended in a 1-1 draw. I think City were very good defensively. I saw the Antonio bike, and, I mean, I really can't get mad at that. That was pretty decent defending. That was just a spectacular goal. Um, aside from that, there was only one other shot on target from West Ham that entire game. So defensively, I think City were fine. I think City's issues lie in going forward. Uh, Sterling missed two humongous chances, two one-on-ones. He missed both of them. 
I don't think he's the player who's going to perform under pressure. We saw that in the Champions League, missing a wide-open tap-in. He missed two one-on-ones against Fabianski this weekend. So, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of concern in City going forward, as much as there is in City defending. Because with the amount of quality on that team, you should be able to put three, four goals past West Ham pretty easily. That's a wild take. I completely agree. I think... uh... I think Aguero's in a drought right now. Um, well, he, he just... Sterling. This was his first game back from injury since June. He didn't start last game. So this was his first start since June. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was taken off at halftime for Phil Foden, who actually ended up scoring the equalizer. I thought he had a brilliant game. Yeah, Phil Foden played... He, pre- he played pretty, pretty good. Um, I think, do you guys think there's a lot of concern around Pep? I think definitely. Mm. Now, if you have that, if you have that level of attacker, then you got to be looking at the manager for it. Like, he's got something like 400 million total in attackers. And if you're struggling to attack with that kind of personnel, you got to look at the coach. Do you think it's players aren't as hungry? Because when Pep first came in, I'm sure Sterling, Aguero, all those players, Kevin De Bruyne, were super excited. They were like, oh, yes, we get to play under Pep Guardiola. Uh, We're going to have a run at the Premier League, a run at the Champions League. I mean, Champions League didn't pan out, but they won the Prem three three times under Pep. Um, Do you think the players are as hungry anymore? I think they're kind of gotten used to his uh, motivation tactics. I think they're just kind of like, you know, they start to kind of tune him out. That's fair. And, uh, it's, it's time for a new manager. They need something to kind of spice up their game and get them a little more fired. That's true. That's true. Um, moving, moving on, our next game was Fulham versus Palace. That ended 1-2 with a Palace victory. Um, I don't think anybody really cares about that game. <laughs> <laughs> the main game Saturday was Chelsea United. That ended in a nil-nil draw on two teams that are terrible questioned on their defense um so the main story from that game was the pen or rather the penalty not called on harry Maguire. uh josh you're a united fan so do you think that was still a penalty or absolutely (laughs) i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be biased on that Put a headlock. <laughs> yeah, uh, Owen, you're a Chelsea fan. What did you think of the game? Yeah, it was, it was a little rough, but the penalty, definitely a penalty. Uh, I'm watching it again right now. It's, it's rough. Um, well, I would have liked to see some goals from Chelsea, to be real. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed with Mendy, and I'm happy that we have a goalie. Uh, at, at the goalie that does what a goalie does uh, saves the ball so that's nice uh, almost had that own goal but he didn't so <laughs> I got to talk about that one who do y'all uh, think <laughs> who do y'all think did better like like who do you think is happier about the a draw like sharing one point I think uh, I think Chelsea and Frank Lampard are probably a bit more happy I disagree I think I think there's a lot of good United had a lot of good chances I think uh-huh. kind of you know saved 
I'd say I'd say Chelsea. I'd say Chelsea are relieved with the result, but United are more like going into the game. They were like, if we get a point out of this, we'll take it. You think so? I think so. They just beat PSG over the weekend, though, or not over the yeah. weekend last week. Yeah, so I feel like they'd be going into that game like we should be getting three points. Yeah. The last time that we uh, played against PSG, we actually went on a twelve-game struggling streak. So getting a point out of that actually wasn't too bad. I mean, I think United come out of that game more frustrated. Rashford had that one-on-one. Mendy made a spectacular save with his right foot. And then he had that curler outside the box. I think if Kepa's in goal, uh, Kepa doesn't save that. Yeah. Mendy doesn't go across his goal. That's a 3-0 loss if Kepa's there. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think Kepa actually scores that own goal. 4 <laughs> <laughs> right. next game was Liverpool-Sheffield that ended 2-1. Of course, no Van Dijk. But Liverpool managed to squeak out a draw, or squeak out a win rather. Um, they were poised for a draw until uh, Di- Diago Jota's winner. Um, they got a penalty. Fabinho got a penalty. Um, he wasn't red carded, but do you think that happens with Van Dijk? Mm. I, don't I, I don't think so. Just because, not even like the tackle alone, but I feel like Van Dijk. Stops a lot of attacks before they happen. That's true. So they're just like never in those positions regardless. Just because he closes them down so quickly. I feel like now this new, or not even new Liverpool, that's kind of a, they're missing one player. But like just without Van Dyke, they're going to be conceding a lot more attacks. Going to be putting those positions way more. Uh, For sure. Next game was Southampton Everton. Uh, Southampton won that game 2-0. Kept a clean sheet against Everton, which isn't easy. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin in this game had an absolute stinker. Um, I'm looking at his stats. He had zero shots, zero chances created, and five passes completed. <laughs> so he kind of just ran around for 90 minutes. Yeah. And then, oh, the Luca Dine red card. Um, did you guys see that? He... he he was trapping back and then accidentally stepped on Kyle Walker Peter's foot. Ooh. That's I don't nasty. think that was a red. But I, I think at max that was definitely a yellow. I think it was a yellow. It, it did not seem intentional in the least. There was no malicious intent on that. So, yeah, he, was, he was trying to pull out of it and he just you know, lost his footing. Yeah, I, I think he was trying to stop <laughs> or like slow down let Kyle Walker Peter's in front of him. But exactly. I mean, like, like it, it looked nasty, but I think it's just, I think it's just a freak injury. Yeah, I, yeah for, for me, that's accidental. That doesn't look on purpose. No, but like, regardless of accidental, that's such dangerous play. I think, I think it's red card. You think it's red card? Yeah. But it's accidental. It's yeah, not even if serious it is, foul like, play. If you accidentally kill a man, you still kill a man. Like, okay, that's... Nah, that's the same, because he's still I see his ankle is wiggling, bro. His, his ankle is wiggling. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that's a yellow. I don't think he should get a red yellow, card for I that. I think it's a red. He's not trying to go at him from behind. Because yeah. Normally I think normally, is, like, so if it's intentional, then yeah, you can... Or whether it's intentional or not will play a factor in it, but that was... That just looked too, too like, dangerous. Like, yours, that's just reckless. If it's not intentional. We can agree, though, that wasn't as bad as Pickford's slide tackle nah. against Van Dyke, right? <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Our next game was Wolves Newcastle ended in a one one draw. Um nothing really special from that game. And then Arsenal Leicester. That game ended one zero to Leicester. Dillette, what are your yeah, thoughts that game, that as an was Arsenal a, fan? That was a rough game. Rough game? There's a lot to... Dude, okay, first of all, that lineup, I actually really like the lineup other than the front three. The Arsenal lineup? Yeah. You Just because think... it was our, like, our best back four, our best three midfielders. But then, they played Lacazette at striker, Aubameyang on the right, which he hasn't done in like six years, and then Saka on the left, which was pretty nice. Dude, it was just... It was just such unfortunate timing, because right as Jamie Hardy came on, David Luiz went off injured, and Mustafi came in, and that just ruined it. <laughs> I, I don't think that goal was Mustafi's fault. I think that's on Xhaka. You think so? Yeah, um, Xhaka left a lot of space in behind. He didn't keep with, he didn't keep with Gabriel. That's not his job, but like, in that situation, his job is to stay next to Gabriel, make sure that runner doesn't get in behind. That's true, but I mean, if you watch the goal, like Jamie Hardy's run starts from like around the center circle into the box. Yeah, yeah. And Mustafi I mean, is like... I mean, Vardy is also just... Yeah, Vardy's fast, but Mustafi made no effort to like... That would have been a great time just to foul him or anything. But dude, the, the worst part about that about that game was just the fact that David Luiz was like the only creative player. The only one making chances. Whenever he went off, we did not get close to scoring. That's why... Um, I, I think the party signing was a good signing... But I would have focused more on creativity, more on creativity in the That's midfield. Because now you have three holding midfielders. Because, I mean, Party's not going to, like, find a clever back heel in behind. That's not his job. Yeah. That's... Meza Ozil's that's job. That's Meza Ozil's job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You said you, you were just concerned about that front three. Do you think bringing in Pepe, moving Aubameyang striker is your ideal lineup? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I think anything without Lacazette is our ideal lineup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you guys were knocking for most of that game. Yeah, but you have Lacazette as striker. You just don't expect chances to go in. Okay. He had some clear-cut yeah, chances as well. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Now, moving into the main segment of our show, we ranked our top 10 midfielders in the Premier League and then combined all our lists to get a top 10 from the four of us. I'll read that out. 10, we have Tiago, who was not on Owen or Josh's list. Um, right, we got to clear it up first. Yeah, we got to clear it up. <laughs> o- Owen, why don't you go first and explain why Tiago was not on your list? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> kind of have a little bit of difference in the list. Kind of all the same, but I like him just... Is it because you don't think he's good enough to be top 10 or because he hasn't played in the Prem? I, like, what I was basing mine off is this year and, like, last year, because we're still, like, close into this year. It's just because he hasn't played a ton in the Prem. So that's why I was like... I, 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 I'm just looking at who's played the most in the Prem. So all these new guys, none of them are really making it for me too much. Havertz made your list. Did he not? No. Oh, no, that was Josh's. Um, okay, so is that why you put Deli Alley on, on your list? Who's been left out of Tottenham's Europa League squad. But you also put Hakim Ziyech on your list, and he has not played a full game in the Prem. He's on Chelsea, though. 
That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's honest. <laughs> he's honest. That's fair. Biased, but honest. <laughs> okay, Josh, Tiago, not on your list. got Thomas Party. Any objections? No? no fair fair shout? Either. Fair shout? Okay. Um, and then, 7th and 8th place were actually a tie between two Liverpool midfielders, Henderson and Fabinho. Um, while going through y'all's list, I noticed that Owen and Josh have no appreciation of holding midfielders. <laughs> Only context. Only context. <laughs> Um, were, was Fabinho on, on y'all's list? I had him pretty high up. I had him no, pretty high up. Neither. I had no Liverpool midfielders on my list. I thought they were all... Overrated? They're solid, but not special. Honestly, I, I respect that, because... Yeah. I, I had and Henderson 10th on the my list. Liverpool, it comes from their back four and their front three. Those yeah. three in the middle play in a system, and they feel that system extremely well. Yeah. That's very true. If yeah, if we're ranking it on how well these midfielders do their job, that top three is definitely, or like that midfield three for Liverpool, they definitely excel. But it's just, it's top ten midfielders, and doing their job isn't I mean, like the whole thing about being a midfielder. You compare Kevin De Bruyne and Henderson or Fabinho. I mean, like talent <laughs> wise, I mean like. <laughs> okay, but like okay, well let's say I'm a Liverpool fan. I would argue that. Kevin De Bruyne's job isn't Fabinho and Henderson's job. Fabinho and Henderson's job is to provide cover when that Liverpool when Liverpool go into what like an attacking eight. True. True. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, I I guess it's just how much you value attacking midfielders compared to holding midfielders. Because I mean, Liverpool did have a fair amount of clean sheets last season. That's true. True. I mean, they, they also, like, Liverpool, I think those two kind of sit back and let's, you know, Trent gets forward and Robertson gets forward, to, you know. So it kind of helps with them, you know, just not leaving Van Dyke in. True. Okay, that's fair. Um, sixth on our list was Bernardo Silva. Um, so with this midfield list, you could make a couple of cases for a lot of players saying they're wingers or... Um, they're forwards, they're not really midfielders, um, so he wasn't on Delette's list, or Owen's list. Uh, Delette, is your case, he's a winger, I or think, you just think he's not a top 10 player? I think he's a winger, if we're putting him in the midfield category, I'd probably put him 8 or ninth. 8 or ninth. Yeah. Okay. But I think he's a winger. Okay. Um, Owen, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Delette there, I just, I, wingers is another category Got another time. Uh, I had him pretty high. I had him in my top five. Um, just because I think he retains the ball supremely well. He links the midfield to Kevin De Bruyne and the attack very well. He's box to box. He's going to give you miles every single game. 
Um, that was my reason in putting him there. He crosses well. Um, he's not, you know, a defender, but, you know, he's been trained as a winger and a cam, but forced into a center mid role. So I think he's pretty good for his position. I think that also goes into, you know, his utility, like, the utility that he has. You know, he can play in a lot of different positions. I think that, you know, makes him special. That's true. That, that's also true. Um, fifth on our list was a shock to me. Paul Pogba, left out of Owen's list, so, <laughs> Owen, <laughs> explain. Yeah, I, I don't know, I just really feel like he's, he's falling off, and I feel like there's better people out there, I think he's falling off, his, his determination isn't there anymore, so there is, just complain as well. I think he has fallen off a little bit, but I still think that Every single team in the Premier League and basically in the world is starting Paul Pogba if they have him. I think Manchester United are the one exception because they're poorly managed. <laughs> hey, man. Ole's at the wheel. With all respect, Ole. Ole's at the wheel. Um, yeah, so he was in my top three. I'm pretty sure he was in Dillette's top yeah, he three. Yeah, he is in my top three. Um, Josh, you had him in your bottom, bottom three, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I was doing this list based on this season, and I don't think he's been, you know, doing exceptionally well. And mainly, you know, he does play for United. And if you, know, if you go by last season, he was, you know, he's a game changer. The past few seasons, I mean, he's just been, he's, he's class. You know, it's, there's no, there's no question he's a class midfielder. You know, definitely one of the best in the world. Um, but I don't think he helps the culture of our team, and he, uh, you know, he hasn't been playing exceptionally well recently. Been kind of lazy, and so that's kind of put him down there for me. That's fair. John, I don't think that he's not a good player. He's a great player. It's just like his mental mental ability and his mental game isn't there right now. Yeah, I think that's a very fair argument. Um, I don't know. I I think I'm with Josh on this. I just seen the quality that I know he can produce. Those long balls he can produce. I don't think under the current system he's able to be as creative, as free flowing. But, I mean, we haven't had him healthy in, what, two two seasons or so. Yeah, he missed most of last season. Missed most of last season. He's come off the bench a lot in this season. So, you know. You know how I feel about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll send, see. Send him to Madrid. So, fourth on our list, um, me, Josh, and Owen kind of pulled this guy up from where I guess he would be. Um... Fourth was Jack Grealish, left out of Dillette's list. Is that the winger argument again? Okay, yeah, I think he's like a wide mid... I guess technically as a midfielder, but I still would not have him top five. You wouldn't have him top five no. if you were... If, if... Okay, I didn't even consider him for this, just because I think he's more of a, like a winger. But, dude, he's like maybe 10th. Yeah, know so... how he's top I'm, if he's fourth. So, I had, his, I had him sixth, I believe... But Owen had him third, and Josh also had him in the top five. And since Owen's list was just wild as hell, <laughs> the points the points were very, very tight in between second place and sixth place. Keep him guessing. Yeah, I mean, o- Owen's, Owen's keeping the list very, very spicy. Um, my reasoning in putting him in my top six was just because 
basically single-handedly he kept Villa up. He gets a lot of set pieces. If he's on a better team, if he's on uh, if he's on any of the top six sides, he probably starts. He gets a lot of fouls, so you get that set piece danger. Um, maybe we see him in a different role in the top six side where he doesn't have to play end to end. Um, so we could see something more out of him. So that was my reasoning in top, putting him in the top six. What about Josh and Owen? I completely agree. I think he kind of puts, you know, I think Villa has picked up a lot more players, so they're definitely a, like, a lot stronger of a side, but especially last year. He really put the team on his back. I mean, he he carried Villa, and he he's such a good solo player and still utilizing his team. And he just, he does so well, and he works so hard. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and, uh, I, I kind of, kind of like an Aston Villa this season, just like, he, they kind of just feel like the underdog, and they're doing doing good. Uh, I just like Jack Relis the way he carries the team. I feel like he's really stepping up that leadership role, just being able to do that. That's why I'm so high. It's more the mental capacity to be able to do that stuff. So. All right, very fair. Third place, we had someone I personally don't like, Bruno Fernandez. Um, I think I had him in my bottom five, not my top five. And my reason for that is he's a very, I guess you could say emotional player, but like he's let it be known he's not happy with Man United currently. He said that, uh, I think when he came into the team, they kind of had a honeymoon period with him. And of course, all the penalties that... He scored, I think he's only scored five goals from open play out of his total 11. So that's that's crazy stat. Um, he does get a good amount of assists. He's pretty creative. But he, for me, he kind of stifles Paul Pogba's play a little bit. I think, yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, the way that, the way that they play now, they can't really play both of them. So I don't think it's, like, at fault to either of them. You just can't play, like, two, like, on-the-ball creative midfielders like that. Especially whenever there's no, like, top-class defensive midfielder behind them to cover. Or else they'll both just end up, like, negatively impacting the team. We saw everyone, uh, most people's play elevated with Bruno Fernandez, but Paul Pogba's kind of stayed at a stagnant level. So I think that could go into what Delette was saying. Um... Second, we had the most loved man on the planet, happiest man on the planet, Nagola Conte. But with that, even though he got second place, Owen had him, I believe, ninth. Yeah, that, that was a mistake. I still put him higher. Uh, I love Conte. How can you not like him with that smile? It's a joyful guy. Um, but I just feel like he's, it's not yeah, his ability that's like, oh, that, that I put him so low. And it's just like, um, the rest of the team for Chelsea, they're not allowing him to be able to really live up to his full capacity, I think. So. That's understandable. Last year he was played kind of out of position. Yeah. Playing like box to box. Right yeah, I, I've seen there. I've seen him in the attack an awful lot. Yeah. I love the man. He's a great player, but he's just like the, the, the role that he's put in right now and people that are around him, it's not uh, really compatible with 
what he's capable of. I feel like that's with a lot of these, like, these midfielders, you know. I feel like, other than August, I guess, you know, I should have put the Liverpool midfielders in here more because they fill in their system. Everybody else is kind of out of place, it seems. Most of them. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so, any honorable mentions or players that you had on your list that didn't make the top ten? For me, I wanted to put Phil Foden in my top ten, but just seeing like the quality of players, I don't think he's yeah. at that level yet. He definitely has the potential to be um, a top, top player. Uh, Dillette, what about you? That's, a, that's the same reason why I didn't have Martinelli in my U23 list. It's because I think he's sick, but you just look at the people on the list. Like, you look at everyone here, and it's like, I don't really think Foden is getting into a team over any of these guys. That's fair. Uh, Josh, what about you? Any players? I put Van de Beek, and looking back on it now, definitely shouldn't have. <laughs> he hasn't done nearly enough. Um, That's fair. I definitely could have put a lot of better players on things. Um, Owen, what about you? You had a topsy-turvy list. Any regrets? Um, you know, maybe you should have put Deli Ali. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't stand him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have Jorginho on here, uh, at like 8th. 8th? Uh, I like Yeah. I like him. I like him to play. Um. Probably other players that I could have put on there ahead of him, but no really regrets. That's fair. Um, I would have had him 11th or 12th if we were going that deep. I think, I think he sucks. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, bro. Like, he just does nothing. What do you mean? He has a great long ball. He just... Yeah, yeah that's it. He, he passes well. That's it. But, like, to be that kind of midfielder that, that just passes well and does nothing else for the team... You have to be he takes amazing well. at passing the ball. He's good at passing. And he's not that good at controlling the game and passing the ball. And if he were like like that kind of like Xavi Iniesta kind of player, where you can solely be on the field to control the tempo of the game, he doesn't do that well enough. And like the fact that he doesn't offer anything else, I guess you could say pens, but like... I mean, is, isn't he just the worst Henderson? No. Why? Henderson, Henderson defends and passes, that's it. Yeah, you're not. Jorginho Henderson's not going to score a rip out. Yeah, but Henderson's not there to pass or like to like control the tempo of the game. He's just there to. I guess he is, but not in the same way that Jorginho is. I think Henderson plays his role better as controlling the game by being where he needs to be and winning the ball when he needs to win the ball better than Jorginho does it by like control, like passing the ball while holding possession. But the amount of times I've seen Jorginho, like it, ju- just in these past five games, the amount of times I've seen him link up the ball to Havertz or Werner, I mean, a little bit more, I guess, chemistry, and I think that could be a really good side of, he he was trying to spray that long ball in against United, um, it just didn't turn out, but that's how they scored one of their goals against Southampton. I will admit he's good at passing the ball, but he's just too much of a liability elsewhere. Okay, alright, that's fair. With that all said, our number one player... Everyone had him first. Makes me happy. Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Nah. It was well, pretty hard to argue that he's not. I talk about on that. Any argument. Yeah. Love watching him play. Yeah, I mean, he can do everything, so. Beautiful. 
All right. My only argument is that he's the best in the world. I, I, I think he's a, a winger. You think he's a winger? Yeah, he's a winger. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does play pretty wide. I'm going to make my own personal Kevin De Bruyne heat map. Heat map? And okay. it's just going to be... It's, it's, it's just going to be, be a red a, dot on yeah, the right wing? Yeah, right in the right where he crosses he the ball. He tracks back. A red line. A red line just up and down. <laughs> just a vertical <laughs> line down the right side. <laughs> okay. Now, entering our question round. We each have questions for each other. I'll go first. Josh, my question to you is... What is up with United's defense? We criticize them for allowing seven goals against Tottenham. Then they go out against Neymar, Di Maria, Icardi, and Mbappe, keep a clean sheet, and then they go out against Chelsea and keep a clean sheet. What's happening? Is this a turn? Is it, is it something good, or is it just a little bit of luck? I mean, obviously there's always I mean, that's just, you know, part of the game. But I think definitely one Basaka scoring a goal, I think that has been crazy for his confidence. I mean, he put Mbappe in his back pocket. And I think he's, you know, he's kind of coming into himself as a player. You know, it's, it's about that time. He needs to. And obviously, you know, he could definitely do better as an attacker, attacking wingback. But I think him being more confident helps with our defense definitely. I think Maguire is starting to, I guess, you know, not be so arrogant, I think. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, he's still, you know, I don't think he's a class center back, but I think he's more solid now. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Owen, my question to you, what will happen with Everton? Um, we've seen them take a loss, a red card in their defense as well. Do you see them dropping a couple points over the next few games? Or do you see uh, Calvert-Lewin roaring back with, like, a hat trick or something? Um, well, uh, let me check out their schedule real quick before I can analyze. All right, so they got, yeah, Newcastle and New York. Um, I think, I think they'll be fine, really. Um, at least in the next few games. I don't think that these recent, like mishaps are really going to harm them too much. Um, they might fall off for just a little bit, and then, but they'll, they'll gain their footing back. I think that they're not going to drop past the top five for a while. Okay. Right, just, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Dillette, my question to you. Arsenal did not score against City. Okay, fine. Ederson had a good game, but they, didn't, they don't score against Leicester. Both games, they're knocking on the door, but... They just don't have that finish. Yeah, I think Aubameyang's having a rough patch. Combined with like him being the sole goal scorer of the team, it's kind of whenever that one outlet for goals is having a, like a bad couple bad games, we're kind of screwed. So who who just, needs to step up? Just need just need uh, Pepe to step up really. That's the only other. No Lacazette. I'm not, I'm not trusting no. Lacazette. I'm not, I'm not trusting I'm not, not. I'm not expecting Lacazette to step up in any way. Like, I, I mean, saying that he does have, like, three goals this season already, I think he's, like, our top scorer. But still, it's I, I just don't trust him at all. What about Willian? Do you think he should bring some experience if when Pepe's down? Honestly, I think Willian has done everything that he planned to do at Arsenal. 
score a goal in. Yeah, score one goal and then get three assists. I think that's like and his cap for the season. Yeah, it might be. I don't expect him to do much else. If he does, it would be nice, but like he's not there to like be like a consistent scorer or anything. That's fair. Alright, Josh, what are your questions? Okay, so roll on. Why do you think the smaller clubs have had so much more success this season? As obviously the table is um, than we expected. Yeah. I think part of that is the big six haven't really found their footing this season. Um, that could be partially no fans and then smaller clubs feel more confident playing in an empty arena. You don't have uh, the away fans jeering at you. You don't have your home fans jeering at you when you do something bad. Players are more inclined to do something creative. Um, so I think that could be partially it. Uh, I still see Everton finishing maybe 6th or 7th. I think it's another honeymoon period with James Rodriguez. Uh, same thing we saw with United and Bruno Fernandes. So, Villa got off well, but we can't forget they were in a relegation dogfight that was decided by one point last season. So, True. They, they really only picked up a striker. Uh, Matty Cash is their right back, but... I don't know. I still don't see them finishing top 10. I think it's still early days. Top 6 haven't found their footing. Okay. I think that's, that's a pretty solid assumption. Alright, that's the lead. What were your thoughts on uh, Everton this week? Oh, okay, Everton this the, week? They, I mean, they look, they look pretty good, honestly. Like, I, I know Calvert-Lewin didn't have the best game, but I don't think it's, like, end of the hot streak or anything. I think he'll keep on scoring. They got two scored on them before the red card. Yeah, that's, they were pretty shaky at the back as well. And Richarlison's exclusion. I feel like... Didn't Richarlison have a red? Yeah, that was last game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, against Liverpool, he got a red. But, like, I'm more, they were pretty bad at the back. But on the attack, they seemed like... Like, Richarlison was really, like, that presence was missing. They had, like, a Wobi out there or something. And I know from a Wobi's time at Arsenal, he's not the, the best player. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think they'll be fine in the future. Yeah, dude, it, it, Wobi sucks. I'm sorry, but, like, he sucks. They did a rainbow flick for Nigeria once. That was pretty cool. But, actually, I take that back. The ref blew the whistle. Because there was a foul, and he did a rainbow flick after. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, so. Wobi has zero career highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, now, uh, Owen, question about my team. Why do you think United has uh, yet to win at Old Trafford this season? Uh, uh, I think it's just because of the lack of fans, really. Um, I, I... I mean, other than that, I couldn't really give you a good answer. Just because they're not good. I don't know. Uh, do you think? Do you think it might be like a like a you know an arrogance that comes about when they're like they're at home with the pride and it's you know hurting uh, the game? I I would say that in a normal year, but with no fans, I feel like there's not much of a. I I mean, I don't know. I I can't really say that, like. Personally, if I were to play with no fans at my home stadium, it won't really mean that much to me. Um, so I, I just don't think that they've got any support there. That, that's really 
all that I could come up with, really. Just no fans. Okay. Maybe some Arians, but I, I definitely think the fans have a lot of part to do with this. I know it's Owen's question, but I think also some of it is Ole. I mean, that game against Chelsea, a total of zero tactics were produced that entire game. City finishing top. So, I'm going to go City, Liverpool, Tottenham. That order? Yep. That order? That order. Jeez. You said City, Liverpool, Tottenham? Yep. Alright. what do you got? I think Liverpool are still going to win it. Up at first. I think second. Dude, I have no idea between second, third, and fourth. I think... It'll be, City will definitely be in there. I think Tottenham will get, like, fourth. You think yeah, Tottenham I'm, get fourth? Yeah, or third. I think I'm also going to go City and then Tottenham, maybe. And then yeah. Tottenham just look too good right now. I don't know. I don't see any team that's going to, like, stop them from scoring. We've still yet to see them play this weekend. They play Burnley yeah. tomorrow. I don't think Burnley's gonna. I don't think Burnley's gonna. It's not, it's not gonna <laughs> I don't think Burnley's gonna do anything yeah. incredible. I, I don't know. I mean, Sean Dyche is a good defensive manager, but I mean, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. And Bale. Oh yeah, Bale. He hasn't played yet either. Jeez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. What do you got? Um, I have City. I think they're gonna win the league too. Uh, I think Spurs will get second, and then. I thought it would be Liverpool. I think Spurs will be out Liverpool just because of Van Dyke. Just because of Van Dyke. I mean, they've looked pretty good defensively. I think, yeah, but... I don't know. I think there's going to be some slip-ups. Dude, I was thinking if you look at all the other teams' defenses, it's like Liverpool are like already on par or better than like every other team in the league uh-huh. attacking and midfield-wise. So, and like... No other team has, like, a Van Dyke type of defender. So it's, like, it's not that they're any worse in the competition now. It's just that I feel like they're just closer to, like, the rest of the league now. I still think that they're clear of everyone, though. But we'll see. They haven't defending terribly, though, recently. All right. They were playing Sheffield, though, so. That's true. All right. We predicted being relegated. My question for Rohan is. Hey, Mike, real quick. Oh, you still have questions? Oh, oh, yeah, oh. go ahead. Are, are you sticking by your Villa okay. prediction? What's up? Are you sticking by your Aston Villa prediction, Owen? All right, well, well I want them to get first. Well, it, it's not Chelsea, but 
I would want Aston Villa to get first, but realistically, here's my prediction. Okay? So I got uh, Liverpool in first, uh, Tottenham in second, Aston Villa in third. Okay. Um, I'm just going to leave that there for the viewers. Wait, say that again? <laughs> Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa. I'm just going to let the audience pause for a second. In just that top three. Alright. Alright, Delight, what are your questions? <laughs> well, that's a wild top that's three. That's a wild top three, Owen. <laughs> you wait. Bro, if it's that top three, at the end of the season, I'll get you a dog, Owen. I'll get you a dog. Owen, I'll get a tattoo of you on my arm if that is the top three this season. In that order, yes. You gotta name the dog Aston Villa as well. Yep. No, Jack. Easily Jack. Yeah, but that's like Jack too regular. Grealish. That that's is like too regular. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get Jack. I'll get Jack Grealish on my lower back. Awesome. You're gonna get a Jack Grealish <laughs> tramp stamp? <laughs> that's just something Josh wanted to do. <laughs> Josh has just been planning out this tattoo, and now he's found a way to like. <laughs> it's like. Uh, one of my friends up here, my roommate, uh, I made the bet with him that if Aston Villa wins, the Prem, gets first place, then he has to get a tattoo of Jack Reelish's face on his rear end. Oh, what the heck? That's spicy. I think you mentioned that last episode as well. We're going to get two Jack Reelish tattoos. We're going to get two Jack Reelish tattoos. I, I think Josh has been planning out this tattoo and now has found a way to like organically <laughs> come about it, and he's just going to stand by this now. Alright, we, we have it recorded, so if it happens, <laughs> me and Josh are getting inked. Oh, gosh. I'm getting the uh, wildest prediction of Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> 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 Alright, I'll take over with my questions now. And I want to know, I want your opinions, Rohan, on why City struggled to score. Because it seemed like they had all the keys that they needed. They had Sterling in, Bernardo Silva in, Mares in, Aguero in. They had all these people in, but were still struggling to score. I just want to know what your thoughts are on it. I think some of it's Pep. I'm not going to lie. Um, you play so, so structured, it's going to have an effect. I mean... Yes, teams are parking the bus. You can say that. Teams are parking the bus. But two years ago, City still found a way around it. City found a way through creativity. And I think through their desire to win. I think that desire has gone down a lot. I think that desire has gone down a lot. I think they're tired of hearing Pep's same messages. Pep must be giving the same damn spiel in the locker room about, you know, going out and playing with some passion. And I think it's kind of come to a natural end with Pep. If it's not that, then I'd say maybe bring in a hungry player. I think that's what they need, is to bring in a real, real hungry player. I think Jack Grealish would have been a good offseason signing if City could have pulled that off. I mean, it's not like they needed him in that left mid role, but he's a hungry player. He plays with determination. He looks to score. So players like that, I think... 
are people that need to be signed by City. Uh, I think Ruben Diaz is a good signing. He's been we've been good at the back since we've had him, but going forward we haven't changed in the least. We signed Ferran Torres, but he's he hasn't played a great deal. Um, only when Aguero's been injured, and he's still super young, so he's not going to be as hungry. So I think it's that. Um, I think just tactically, maybe changing the formation a little bit, changing the style of play a little bit. I know Pep is proven through that system, but I think just more creativity. If you play more free-flowingly, if... You think they're all just too stuck in the system? Yes. Of going I, to the wings, crossing yep. it across the face of goal? I mean, yeah. and we haven't got a goal like that this season. All the goals have been... Uh, I mean... Mares had a volley. Ake had a header off a corner. Sterling cut in on his right foot and took a curler. We need more of. I think you guys need more of that. Of players just taking it on their own. Yeah, I mean, there's no creativity. We're so, we're so used to getting a goal, to scoring six yards out that we won't shoot outside the box. Yeah. And I think also Sterling this weekend was just terrible. <laughs> Sterling was horrendous this weekend. Um, and we've seen that a lot from him. I think whenever he gets inside the box as well, he makes the wrong decision. He holds the ball too long, kind of kills the attack. So I think that that's what it is for me. All right, Owen. What yes. are your thoughts on Petr Cech's inclusion in Chelsea's Premier League squad? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I, I thought when I read that, I was like, that was a joke at first. I thought... Uh, <laughs> nice to have him there but are you not like a little bit scared or like concerned that once your number one keeper's out your options are Keppa and like a like 37 a, year old yeah <laughs> oh no no I'm definitely a little scared uh but I still think it's cool do they still have Caballero um I think so do they, you guys still have Willy Caballero as like a backup Yeah, it's a signing. The most so it's Mendy. The backup to him right. is uh, the most expensive goalkeeper in history, signed on a seven-year contract. And then the backup to him is a thirty-seven-year-old in headgear. <laughs> hey, he's a legend, though. He is a legend. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> clown him. He's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. All right. So, Now, my last question for Josh. Um, how do you think uh, next weekend's game is going to go for United against Arsenal? Um, you know, my biggest concern is Luke Shaw scoring for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> I, don't think Arsenal, I don't think Arsenal will score. <laughs> Maybe Harry Maguire scoring. 
How do you think Wan Bissaka is going to do? I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well. Because I think the way that Arsenal's been lining up is that a bombing will be on the left, and a bombing is not the typical winger that Wan Bissaka would be pocketing. Because Aubameyang is not going to dribble. Aubameyang mm-hmm. is not going to take him on. Mm-hmm. And that's really where Aaron Wan-Bissaka is like his strongest, is whenever people are taking him on. How do you think he's going to handle that? True. So that was going to be out of his comfort zone. Uh, I can only hope he does well. I think, uh... I don't know. Maybe they might try to switch him and Shaw. Try and put him on there. I mean, you guys uh, still have Alex Either way, that would make me comfortable. Oh, that's true. Alex Tellis could be used in that game. Yeah. I, I see both teams coming out with a five in the back. I could see that. Uh, yeah, I think, I think... I know Arsenal played four at the back today, and it was okay. Like, defensively, it was pretty okay. Lack of chances created, but I think just the way that both teams always counter a lot whenever they play their strongest... I think it'll be both five at the back, just because they both don't want Rashford and Aubameyang in behind. How do you think he yeah. does against Saka then? Oh, if Saka's on the left, it, l- let's say they go with Delet's ideal lineup. Or the four-three-three with Saka. Four-three-three, okay. Saka, Aubameyang, Pepe on the right. Huh. Like this is open to anyone. I think I think Arsenal will do well in that situation then, because Saka's also a player that's not gonna. Take on. Try and take on Wambisaka. He's going to be more creative from that role. It'll be. It's definitely going to be a good test for Wambisaka though. After we saw him uh, do really well against PSG, I think it'll be a good test to see how he does against different kind of wingers. And he did very well well against Chilwell and Pulisic. And then when Pulisic came off, he still handled Ziyech. That's true. That's true. They're both pretty rusty. Though. I'm curious on how uh, how Arsenal handled. Rashford and Bruno. Oh, dude, I think it'll be the same yeah. going both ways. Where yeah, I think we it'll don't... be just attacking. I hope, I hope it'll be just attacking back and forth. Yeah. Unlike the Chelsea game. Or, I mean, I hope there's, you know... I, I mean, Tierney didn't have a terrible game, but he was subbed off. Today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he? Mm-hmm. Uh, for who? And Kedia. No, oh, like, that was, yeah, no, no, that was just to like, that was just to knock it yeah, long. He was but. all, he was pretty good today. So okay, Dillette, what is your prediction for Arsenal United? I think it'll probably end. Hmm, I think it'll either be one nil or like three three, because Arteta will either go out there and try and um, like counterattack United's counterattack really, or he's gonna get out there and try and hold possession and hold the ball. And just keep it off of United for as long as they can. I will say we haven't seen any crazy score lines this weekend. That's true. Aside from a 3-0 victory at Leeds, I think was the biggest win. Um, Josh? We haven't, about, we haven't seen Tottenham play yet. That's true. We haven't seen Tottenham play. Oh, that could be a goal fest. That could be a goal fest. But, Josh, what's your prediction? I was actually wanted to say about 2-1. Who wins? I don't have any really solid... United. United? Obviously. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they won't be able to stop Wambis, or not, sorry, they won't be able to stop Aubameyang for getting at least one. But I think we have enough attacking power to get one, or to get two. At least a PK. You know? I 
I could definitely see him getting a PK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Owen, yeah. what about you? Uh, I'm going to say 2 Arsenal, Aubameyang 1, Maguire 1. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's a reasonable scoreline. That's, that's a very reasonable scoreline. Um, I'm going to go 2-2 two, two draw. Because we don't know how serious David Luiz's injury is. It didn't look too bad. It didn't look bad. So I, I'm assuming he's going to be kept in. And he was the only creative spark in the midfield. I think Sokka, if he drops into that cam roll, would be a good idea. I think he should play the 10 in front of Sabayas. Or not Sabayas, Party and Jacka. Yeah. I didn't like Sabayas today. He's, he, didn't, he didn't do much. He put a nice cross into Sokka that Sokka missed. He didn't miss it. Oh, was that his a... shot got deflected? Came oh, it looked like it. he touched it down. Nah, and nah, it, cut just, him. it just okay. it just hit the dude. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I guess we'll see who's right next weekend. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. This has been the Kitman. Follow, listen. Um, you can actually send us a message through Anchor if you want to. So, awesome. Yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, thank you so much.